Hi, I'm Pastor Bill Singh from Faith Presbyterian Church. I am here with my wife, Melissa, and we would like to thank you for joining us for today's sermon. We encourage you to hop over to Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, YouTube, or Rumble to hear more messages during your week. Enjoy today's sermon, and don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. It's a very popular song that communicates two different lessons that are very important for us to know. The first one being that Jesus loves me. He forgave me my sins, and his love spans the ages before the creation of time itself. But then there's another question that we have to answer, and that is, how do I know that Jesus loves me? The song answers the question. It says, the Bible tells me so. In my opinion, one of the greatest preachers of our day is Pastor Vody Bauckham. Vody Bauckham has this to say about God's word. If God doesn't speak, we don't know him. If God doesn't speak, we can't get to him. If God doesn't speak, we don't understand anything. We don't, un we don't understand who we are. We don't understand the world around us. If God doesn't speak, then what do we do? If God doesn't speak, we are lost. Do you see why Paul reminds Timothy to reflect upon the scriptures? That is how we hear from God. One of the problems of today is that people think that they can approach God and find him on their own terms. Way too often, I have been in conversations with people where I might mention a not-so-popular characteristic of God, and they respond by saying, well, I don't know about that. They then go on to describe a God that is more comfortable to their liking. Now, what is a God that is more comfortable to our liking? To sum it up simply, it is a God that loves me for who I am. Now, at first it might sound harmless, but it's actually kind of arrogant when you think about it. That God loves me for who I am. Well, the God of the Bible doesn't love me for who I am. The God of the Bible, the true God, loves me for who He is. I am not worthy of His love. I believe it was Alistair Begg who said that he loves me despite who I am. These are the truths that the leadership inside the church need to be communicating to their congregations. In fact, 2 Timothy is part of a collection of letters known as the pastoral epistles, and so they are addressed specifically to the leadership of the church. Among all the verses in these letters, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 are probably the most popular amongst them. It says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, truth be told, I could probably fulfill my calling as a minister of God's word by just simply standing up in front of the congregation and reading from the Bible verse by verse for the entire duration that the message is supposed to take place. When God's word is received for what it says by people who really want to know what God has to say and want to understand who he is, 
lives will be transformed. It will result in obedience, and God will be glorified. So why don't I just read the Bible verse by verse as you listen along? Well, the answer to that is actually much simpler than what you might suspect. It's because of false teachers, false prophets, people that will say to you things like, well, the Bible doesn't really mean this, or the Bible doesn't really mean that, or maybe even that, well, that used to mean something, but times have changed. Think about it. We think of religion, philosophy, and wisdom through the lens of abstract thinking. We open up a fortune cookie and it says, this year, good things are going to happen for you. Now, what's our response to this? We look at it and we say, whoa, I wonder what this means. Well, what it means is that Donald Lau, the most prolific fortune cookie writer of all time, has retired and his successor has run out of ideas. We immediately assume that there is some sort of deeper meaning instead of focusing on the truth that is clearly conveyed by the words of be it just simple Proverbs or the Word of God itself. So why did Paul remind Timothy to reflect upon the scriptures? Because they are good. And they are always right. The reason why people need to preach the Word of God instead of just reading it to the congregation is because of this reality. People need reminded of the authenticity, its truth, its relevance, and how you can take God's word for what it says. Before church on Sundays, we were doing a series on the Elisa Childers podcast about the Christian essentials. And she had on her show the theologian Krista Bontrager to help her out with this. Now, if I were to ask you what the essentials of Christianity, as far as our beliefs are concerned, most people would immediately go to, well, Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And that's great. In fact, it's a very important truth. But what they revealed inside of their show is that there's more to it than just that, in the respect that just that statement brings up lots of questions. For instance, who is Jesus? Why did his death forgive us of our sins? Am I allowed to sin as I please now? Are all people going to heaven as a result of Jesus' atoning sacrifice? And when you get past these couple of questions, there's a whole other level of questions that arise as a result of answering these. This is where we recognize that followers of Christ do not merely hold on to a particular belief, but to a system of beliefs. In fact, 2 Timothy 3.16 would not make any sense at all if it were not for this reality. If it was just a belief, then all you'd have to do is teach, 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 and teach that Jesus died to forgive us of our sins. And yet, what Jesus taught us, and James taught us, and Paul taught us, is that faith is not merely a confession, it is a way of life. And its wisdom can be applied to any situation. Take, for instance, uh, this past week, I spoke to Dr. Brent Sleesman from Weinbrenner Theological Seminary. One of the questions I asked him was in relation to his vision for the seminary. Now, these days, that is a challenging question to answer because in 2020, the entire world was 
turned upside down, especially the academic community, since online learning has taken precedence now over in-person, in-community learning. So that has provided certain challenges to the seminary. As a leader in the church, Dr. Sleesman has taken initiative to see it as an opportunity. He and his faculty work faithfully to fulfill their vision of helping Christ-focused students transform the world. So despite the circumstances of the past couple years, the Bible is still relevant today. Yes, with lockdown, social distancing, and the turmoil that has kept us apart, the Bible still has the solution. What Dr. Sleesman and Weinbrenner have chosen to do is to find ways to carry out their mission to equip Christ-focused students in a manner that responds to the situation but remains faithful to the gospel message. And their faithfulness has paid off. Where before they were reaching only students from eight different states, now because of their initiative, they are reaching students from 20 different states. What that goes to show us is that the Bible is indeed useful for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, and for training us in righteousness. God does great things when we abide in him. He and his word are always good. Thank you for joining me for today's message. Again, my name is Bill Seng. Feel free to join us at Faith Presbyterian Church on Sunday mornings at 1030 for our live service. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe.